welcome to the Bits and Bibles podcast. I'm your host, Zachariah Collins, and this is episode 16, Oh My Wi-Fi. So Wi-Fi is everywhere, almost literally. What on earth is Wi-Fi, though? So I found a really good kind of little paragraph or two about this from PCGuide.com in an article titled, What Does Wi-Fi Stand For? Wi-Fi stands for wireless wireless fidelity. To get a bit, this is me saying, to get a bit text heavy for a moment, this term refers to the ability for Wi-Fi devices, such as laptops, smartphones, and tablets, this is quoting them again, and smartwatches to communicate wirelessly while within range of one another. The technology uses radio waves transmitted through space, which are received by antenna connected to your device. These antenna convert electromagnetic energy into energy electrical signals that then can be processed and converted back into sound, images, data, and so forth. In short, Wi-Fi allows users to access the internet via their mobile phones or computer. In order for Wi-Fi to function properly, there must first be a connection between two devices known as an access point. An access point acts like a bridge between the wireless devices and the wired network, allowing the wireless network to be accessed to be accessed by any device connected to the wired network. If you've ever visited a hotel, airport, restaurant, university campus, or conference center, chances are you've seen these access points. They're usually placed near the entrance or exits of buildings or in strategic locations throughout the facility for best coverage. Once this has been done, a Wi-Fi network is set up. Users' devices will automatically show the network is available when searching for Wi-Fi access. When connected, the users will be able to browse the web, send emails, check social media, watch videos, and etc. The advent of Wi-Fi means that many devices can access the internet without being tethered to a cable. It can be easy to take such access for granted. Now again, this isn't the full thing, but I just wanted to read you a part of it, but that's the other thing. But take a moment and look around you. Wherever you're sitting at, whether it's you're at your office, you're at a hotel, you're at your home, you're, you know, grabbing a cup, uh, grabbing a bite to eat, whatever it is, and think how many devices they're using Wi-Fi. You know, there could be TVs, smart home devices, laptops, cell phones, manufacturing equipment, uh, could be medical and technology equipment, it could be all kinds of things. Think of how much harder it would be for you if you had to have all those devices constantly connected to a wire to use the internet. Think of how many different processes you do day to day. Think about how when you're around your house you can just pick up your phone and walk from one room to another to another and the whole time you stay connected to the internet at high speed if you have high speed internet. At the same time all that's happening you never once well if everything's set up or working right you never once lose internet but yet you're moving around. Think about your place of business. There's a good chance you can walk from place to place throughout your office. And if you work for a big enough company, sometimes even between buildings, and the whole time you've got internet. You know, my first job, I worked for um, a nonprofit organization in Woodland Park, and they they had two main buildings that were connected uh, connected together. At the time, it was two main buildings. and I remember, if you think about it, I mean, this, and the campus was rather large. Um, you could walk between one building and another, and you could still never drop internet, even though it was from the lowest part of one building to the top part of another building. It was 
that was publicly accessible. You know, it's like four stories and this massive, these ma two massive buildings. And yet the whole time, never lost internet. You see, that's how it's supposed to be. Now, Wi-Fi is based off something called the 802.11 standard. And again, we're going to get a little tech heavy in this one, but I wanted to give you some background. Now, what is the 802.11 standard? I found a good kind of summarization of it from LifeWire.com, and it says, in 1997, the Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineers created, or IEEE as we know it, created the first wireless LAN, or WLAN, or Wireless Local Network, Local Area Network, standard. They called it 802.11 after the name of the group formed to oversee its development. Unfortunately, the original 802.11 only supported a maximum network band width of 2 megabytes, too slow for most applications. For this reason, ordinary 802.11 wireless products are no longer manufactured. However, an entire family has sprung up from this initial standard. The best way to look at these standards is to consider 802.11 as a foundation and all other iterations as building blocks upon that foundation that focused on improving both small and large aspects of technology. Some building blocks were minor touch-ups, while other ones were quite large." That end quote. Now the interesting part is that the major, the 802.11 standard, the original one, and what it is now, is obviously quite a bit faster. You know, it's, um, it's, it's grown exponentially, but that standard is what lets you get things uh, done wirelessly. Um, and you know, the interesting part about it is that no matter what your kind of wireless signal you're using, you're still going off that base there. Now, um, I was trying to pull here some information for you guys, but while we're talking about wireless, let's talk about the uh, big topic of, we all have wireless at our house, right? And it's, it's nice, it's convenient, but you know, a question I hear more than I thought I'd realize is, do I really need to have a wireless password? Now, in rebuttal to that, my question would be, do you let complete, complete strangers walk around your house without your permission? The answer is probably not. Then why would you, my response would be, then why would you let them do the same thing with your network? My recommendation is always, and I do mean always, run the highest level of encryption standard you possibly can that your wireless router allows for. Um, currently, the highest standard is WPA3. But, you know, I mean, WPA2 lasted for a long while, but we'll see how long this one lasts. But you always want to run the highest encryption standard you can. Because those other standards are getting cracked and cracked and cracked more and more every day. I remember taking a class um, from another really good tech YouTube channel called Professor Messer. And uh, he talked about this. And I remember watching him, I think it was the either the original WPA standard or the WE. WEP, the web standard, um, or WPE standard. Anyways, um, he, when he did that, I watched him in his classroom crack that standard and actually break into a wireless internet using that old, this is a very old standard, but he used that standard. He had it cracked in within a minute and it was inside. And the minute someone's on your wireless network, you would be shocked how much they have, really do have access to. So you always want to run the highest level encryption and if and as possible, always run the um, uh, latest versions. Now here's the thing: we all know that wireless passwords can feel like an extra pain, but as with anything, it's better to be secure than to take the simple route whenever possible. 
Also, you it's probably good for you to know, there is a chance if something happens on your wireless network, you even if you didn't do it, you could be held liable for what someone does. So as a business, as a nonprofit, heck, even in your personal life, something you think about. Whatever's done on your network, you could possibly be held responsible for, even if you weren't the offending party, if it was someone else in your company, in your nonprofit, even in your home. So it's good to uh, it's good to make sure that you're staying, keeping things above board on your wireless network. It's also a good idea to change your wireless password every so often, you know, and I don't mean you have to change it every week, but just every once in a while, change your password. Um, could be every six months, could be every year, however you want to do it. Could be if you're wanting to be a little even more secure every three months. You know, I know there's more hassle with it, but what you're doing is you're making sure that unwanted devices that may, if someone did figure out how to break into your wireless password or guess it or something else, when you change it, you're guaranteeing that you're not going to get, um, you're, you're able to remove those devices because they'd have to figure out the new password to get back on. Now, when it comes to wireless devices, there's a lot of different brands, a lot of different kinds out there, you know, a lot of different models. What do you want to, what should you be shopping for? Well, here's my recommendation. You want to shop for, first, a company with a good reputation. Two, a company, uh, a company that builds their interface to be user-friendly. Three, and this is, this, or, this is not an order of importance, in fact, this is probably one of the most important, is a company that keeps up with standards. So they keep up with the latest encryption standards, they keep up with the latest wireless standards, they release patches often, you want to get that. Um, if you can, you want to find stuff that does mesh, mesh or access point type networks. Um, those are important because that would allow you to spread the range of your wireless internet quite a bit farther. So if you have a small business, or even it doesn't really matter size, but if you have a business or a nonprofit and you're trying to you know, maybe spread your Wi-Fi a little farther than just one uh, little home wireless router would do, then uh, you could always get something that's got this mesh or access point system, use multiple devices and spread the internet out and also create a more even blanket of internet if you're working in an area big enough. The next thing I would recommend is make sure they have good tech support. I know this is kind of an interesting topic because a lot of companies don't, but you want to try to, to as best you can, make sure you have that. Um, another thing, this is a not to look for when you're shopping. Don't just go because it. Don't just buy it because it's got a cool looking box or fancy wording. Really take time to try to figure out. Look online. There are people constantly writing reviews of wireless routers and mesh systems and access point systems. Do your homework. Do your research. Find a model you think looks good, and then go research it. See what people are saying about it. That little bit of research now could save you a ton of headache later. And the last thing to shop for is shop for the latest 802.11 standard. The current one, as of this writing, um, is 802.1ax, um, but you know more to come. And of course, you know they'll get faster and faster. And you know with that, um, you know people kind of I think that's a gawk, but gawk a little bit at like, oh you know all this stuff you're saying. It's like yeah, it's great, but you know I'm just this, I'm just that. There's always excuse guys. You know what, there's always that chance that you're right, all this security stuff and all these recommendations I'm making, maybe you're right. But if you're wrong, even once, it could be the end of your company. That's, without trying, I'm not trying to spread fear, but I want to make a very real point that, you know, you, there's a reason why you want to follow best practices. There's a reason why you want to follow good standards because not doing so could be disastrous for your company.
So I just, you know, again, I want to just make that appeal to you guys. Not that it's anything bad, but just that it's, you know, you, you want to make sure you're taking the best. And I wanted to say this too, to show you real quick the 802.11 standards, because you're going to hear letters. There's going to be letters involved, so I want to read them off to you. 802.11b, which is the standard that followed the original, has a max rate of 11 megabytes per second. 802.11a slash g has a max rate of 54. 802.11n has a max speed of, or bandwidth, its max PHI rate, but essentially the max speed of 600 megabytes. 802.11ac has a max rate of 6.9 gigabytes. And 802.11ax has a max speed of 9.6 gigabytes per second. And all these being per second, of course. The thing is, guys, you want to make sure you're running the best you can. Even if you, again, this is that balance where I've talked about before, like you don't always have to buy the latest, but when it comes to wireless standards, it's good to stay up to date. It's not a bad thing. And I'm by up to date, I mean, even with if you're within the last three years, you're still good, but you, as best you can, especially on the security and encryption side, if you can, you want to try to stay up to date on that as much as possible. While you don't have to constantly stay up to date with every little everything, when it comes to your security, you definitely want to constantly maintain a high level of staying up to date. That's, that's becoming more and more increasingly important every day. Um, so yeah, the last piece of that is going to be I want to cover hardening your network. Now a defensive wall with holes isn't much use, so I want to recommend some things to help you make your environment more secure. I've got three recommendations from an article I found and a few of my own. The three from uh, guardianrfid.com is to segment your network, which in a case of a lot of times your small business, you know, like your small office, you're starting out nonprofit, your small organization, maybe you're running out of your house, heck this will even apply to your home, is have a personal network and a guest network. That's my recommendation. You have a network for people who are visiting and a network for, for people who live there essentially, if you're at home. And if you're at work, it's for people who work there and a network for guests. Even if you don't have a server and everything else that you would then segregate onto that work network, it's good just to have those two things because you might have someone bring, maybe a guest, a vendor, a client, a supporter, a somebody who brings something onto your network, they don't know they have something bad on their machine and then your network gets infected and the device is on it as well. So I always recommend have a network for your organization and a network for your organization's guests, visitors, clients, supporters, et cetera, if they were to come in. If you have an office front and people come through. And again, this even applies to home. You know, this is, this is kind of how I do it at our house, at my home. Um, change your default names and passwords. So your router typically comes with a default username and default password. Change both for the, for the admin. A default name for the admin and default password. Change both. Um, enable encryption. Again, you want to make sure you're running an encryption standard. You want to make sure you're running the highest one you can. Again, if possible at the time of this writing, WPA3, but you always want to run the highest standard. Now my recommendations are as followed. A strong minimum 12 to 16 character password or passphrase. Again, because once they type it in, they have access. Yeah, it might be a little bit of a pain when you're typing it in, but that will help you make sure that your password is harder to guess. Again, um, automatic updates, make sure your router is constantly updating itself. Most of the time if you go to you know, YouTube or a place like that and uh, type in your router's name and how to update, somebody's got a video. Turn off WSP because there's no reason you need to have that on. There's no reason someone should be able to push a button or do something like that and immediately gain access to your network. 
they need to know the password. Keep your business on your network and your guests on another, like I recommended earlier. And the last thing is change your wireless password often. Again, I've kind of been leading up to all these points, but those are my eight recommendations for your network. So um, guys, I hope this information was good. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. If you uh, haven't yet, you know, please follow, subscribe, like, whatever uh, option that is on the social media platform you're hearing this on. Uh, thank you guys again. If you want more information, you can find us on Bits and Bibles. You can find us at bitsandbibles.com. And uh, you guys have a great rest of your day.